This is AI Podcast. Not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slight different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, everybody. How are you loyal listeners doing out there? Back with another one. And I tell you, the guy that I got on, a lot of you know, the guy that I got on, he's in your ear. A couple times a week, just like I'm in your ear. That's right. You're thinking to yourself, who's who's Cass got now? Oh, wait. I always forget, like you guys like saw it in your news feed or it pops up in iTunes and it tells you that it's Mr. Bradley Flowers that's on. It's like Cass, like you're never surprising us. Bradley, how are you doing, man? Good, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so Bradley and I were talking, loyal listeners, before we actually hit record here. And we just kept talking. And I was like, hold on, I got to say one more thing before we hit record. And like, after a while, we're like, dude, like, we've already done half the podcast. We got to hit record. We got to hit record here. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why I don't just record every single thing that I do and try to. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. So Bradley, man, I am uh, excited to have you on. So loyal listeners, what I had just told him, well, we'll get to that here in a minute. We'll get that to here in a minute. We got to introduce him. Uh, there are a bunch of loyal listeners out there that are saying, I don't know who this cat is, Cass. And that is why I brought him on. But we've got to put you through the ringer, Bradley, just like everybody else does. All right. All right? Here we go. So, so are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I am a very, very loyal iPhone user. I'm sorry to say. That's all right. No, you don't have to be sorry. I mean, you know. The, the, the enemy doesn't know. The enemy doesn't know. I'm one of those people that judges people when I see a green text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Where do you, how do you think you've gotten where you are right now? Which been a bigger player? Maybe both. Let us know. Skill or luck? Um, a lot of luck and a lot of hard work. Very, very, very little skill. Really? Okay. It's funny the answers that you get when you ask that question. Because they're so right either way. It just depends on how the person has gotten to where they are when they're answering the question. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've had a lot of a lot of things happen in my life, especially recently, that's just been the result of a lot of timing, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of just good timing. That's right. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that, that, no, that's exactly right. And I say this a lot, but that's one of the most keys to, that's one of the top five things that most successful people have is the timing in which they were born or the place and time they're at. And usually when they were born determines when the place they're at, when technology changes, when cultures change, when society changes, and they happen to be at that that crux there. So that's a good one. So do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Which one do you prefer, Bradley? You know, the first time I listened to one of your podcast episodes, it was the episode with Michael McCormick. Oh, And you wow. asked him that question. That's a while back, yeah. Mm. 
Um, you asked him that question, and I and I came up with a good answer, but I can't remember it right now for myself. <laughs> um, I my I don't really know exactly how to answer it, but I'll tell you this: I've said this multiple times. My biggest motivator is losing, because any time that I'm having problems getting motivated, I think about a time that a competitor got the best of me, or I lost at something. And, and it, and it kind of like gets, gets those juices falling again. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so probably, I don't want to say love to lose, but probably love to win would, would be, would be my answer. Yeah. It's the, it's the adrenaline rush, you know, of the win. I do say me personally, I think by winning, it just helps my ego, but by losing, it can redirect my life. You know what well, I mean? It keeps, so it's a, it, it keeps you from it keeps you from getting stuck in the clouds too much. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know. That's right. That's right. It's balance, right? Just like anything, exactly. not in the clouds or as uh, as Gary V says, down in the dirt. You know, actually working, exactly. doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, fantastic, Bradley. Take us back, man. Take us way back. Uh, tell us where you're from. You know, get, take us back to high school, diapers, whenever, and bring us forward to where you are now. Don't feel as if you're talking too much about yourself. This is an important time for the listeners to be able to connect with you. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I was born uh, in Mobile, Alabama, which is which is where I live now. Um, was raised in a small town of Atmore, Alabama. There were uh, 20, 22 people in my graduating class in high school, uh, just to give some context. Wow. And I was, I, starting at about age 16, I started playing golf a lot. And I noticed, you know, I, I interview a lot of people uh, on my podcast and they, uh, they are, oh, I never thought I'd be an insurance agent, you know, when I was 20 years old, you know, that, that whole, that whole spiel. Yep. But I was actually the opposite of that. I was 16 years old and I told my dad I wanted to sell insurance when I grew up because all of the people who got to play all the golf were insurance agents. <laughs> and, and, and now I kind of, I'm, I'm, I play like once a year. Exactly. Because I, <laughs> I got it. And, and, and so I, I, and so I really never had a plan. I just remember saying that it wasn't like I had a plan right, to sell insurance, right. but, but those guys were cool. You know, they were professional. A lot of them were very nice guys because they're charismatic because they're in sales. Uh, they got a lot of money. And, um, Fast forward to play golf in college. Uh, wasn't good enough to play as a profession or anything like that, and was actually managing a cell phone store. You remember those Nextel Beat Beat radios? Yes. It was a version of that product. It wasn't Nextel. It was a it was a a, a product that was proprietary to the state of Alabama, and um, terrible product. And I was I was running the store. And a buddy of mine uh, who was working for a life insurance only company, burial policies, that kind of thing, came by my store and was like, man, and he had just been promoted to like a kind of an area manager. He's like, dude, if you can sell this, you can sell life insurance. So I went home, talked to my dad, quit that day and went to work at 20, I think I was 21, uh, selling life insurance. And I remember I was so green the, the day one, I, uh, I asked him, I said, so what's a full life policy? I didn't even know what whole life was or anything <laughs> like that. And I don't remember what the production requirements were, but they were like outrageous. But I really enjoyed, I, I really fell in love with, you know, being a professional and helping people with their finances and really didn't go door to door or anything like that. But basically we had a current book of business that we would, we would call and do client reviews and we'd account round and things like that. And, uh, 
did really well doing that, or at least at the time. I mean, I was 21 years old, no, you know, no bills whatsoever. And I made like 20 grand in a couple of months. And man, I thought I was rich, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and so from there, I kind of realized that I wanted to be in property and casualty and, and wanted to go that route. So, um, got into the property and casualty industry, uh, working for some agents to fast forward, you know, fell in love with that. Um, fast forward to 2014, I sort of, I've always had this mind, like I've always thought about marketing. Uh, I've always enjoyed watching advertisements on TV and looking at billboards and thinking, now, how did they come up with that? And things like that. In 2014, I kind of realized that none of my competition was utilizing Facebook at all. No social media whatsoever. They're all doing direct mail, billboards, radio ads, things like that. And so, and I was actually, I was a, a in my early 20s and I didn't have a Facebook account. Like I was not, people think, and I always, whenever I give presentations on social media, I always preface it with that. People think like, oh, this is a young guy. Of course, he's going to naturally be good at that. But it was, I, I was like anti-social media. Really? And yeah, and I didn't really like putting my business out there. And I still don't, like personal stuff. But um, I, I started advertising on Facebook and, and putting content out. And, and when I say I did it every day for a year before someone bought something from me from it, it was literally every day for a year. And, and so I fell in love with, with that side of it, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, all that good stuff. And so got to the point to where literally that was all I was doing to get business. You know, 98% of my business in 2016 and 2017 came from Facebook and Instagram in some degree. You know what I mean? Right. right. And so what I was doing without realizing I was doing it but was I was building my personal brand in, in this local area. You know, and, I, and I, I started going to networking events and people would recognize me and I didn't know who they were. You know, like, oh, I love this or I love that. You know, I like the post you did the other day, things like that. And you want me to go all the way up to now? Yeah, to do it. I'm loving okay. it. It's a, and so, you know, great. You know, we, I, I did, we did great, me and my team, uh, 2015, 16, and then late 2017, um, I was, he, I, was he, I say heavy into video, but I was heavy into video, not as much as some guys like, you know, Mike Crowley and, and guys like that, but I was doing some video and I uh, was doing Snapchat pretty heavily, actually. This was right on when, when Snapchat was kind of on, on the, up, the up and coming. Yep. And I did a paid geotag over a St. Patrick's Day party. And for those of you that don't know, when you're on Snapchat and you take a picture and you swipe left, there will be a geotag for the location that you're at that says like Atlanta, Georgia or wherever you're at. And they'll be you know, kind of cute and fun and, and, and creative, things like that. And so for those of you that don't know, Google the Mobile Leprechaun. Uh, do you know what the Mobile Leprechaun is, Cass? No, I do not. Okay, so when you get off of this, just Google the Mobile Leprechaun. But basically, it's a kind of a cult cult classic type thing here, cult following thing in Mobile. But um, I did a, a geotag over a St. Patrick's Day party on Snapchat that had the Mobile Leprechaun on it. It said, Happy St. Patrick's Day. And then it had my information at the bottom. And uh, that particular geotag got like 15,000 impressions or something like that and only paid like 30 bucks. Yeah. And I then did a Facebook targeted ad the next week saying, yes, that was me that did that. 
targeting people who were there. And my ROI from that was like 364%. Wow. And I wrote a blog post. And actually, I'll tell you who gave me the idea for the blog post. It was Gary V. Back in the early days of Snapchat, you could reach out to Gary V. And he would respond to everyone because it wasn't that, that many people weren't on there. And uh, I reached out to Gary V. And was like, hey, this is what I did. How do I capitalize on this? And he said, I'll reach out to industry publications and write a blog post on it. So I did. I reached out to thinkadvisor.com, which back then was lifehealthpro.com, and wrote a blog post just detailing how I did that. Fast forward, you know, six months later, I'm in my office with a client. Uh, CSR comes in and says, hey, the Wall Street Journal's on the phone for you. <laughs> and I said, tell them I'm not interested. And she said, they want to talk to you about Snapchat. And I told the client, I was like, you're going to have to hold on just one second. So uh, it, was, it was a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Her name was Daisy Maxey. And she, uh, she, she was doing an article on insurance agents and financial advisors who were doing non-traditional forms of advertising and Snapchat being one of the areas they were focusing on. And so like another six months went by before we did the interview. I did the interview with her. And during that interview, uh, she told me, she said, as far as the Wall Street Journal is concerned, you're the number one insurance agent on Snapchat. And I said, you're going to have to hold on one second. I'm going to go to my Facebook bio, my Instagram bio, and put that on there. Uh, so it's kind of a joke at this point because what happened is a few months later or a few weeks later, Snapchat went public. And all the talk of how to use it as a platform shifted to their IPO and all that. You right. know? And so they actually never published the article. And so I had that in my bio. Well, my co-host with the podcast, Scott Howell, sees that adds me on Snapchat and is like, man, this guy's doing some good stuff. And he's like, holy crap, he's in Alabama too. So he happens to reach out to me through Snapchat and says, hey, I'm going to be down your way. He and I live six hours apart. I'm going to be down your way. Do you mind if I come in your office, turn a camera on, and we just start talking about marketing? I'm like, yeah, dude, come on. So we did that. And then literally you know, five seconds later, after the camera stops rolling, he's like, let's start a podcast. So we started the insurance guys podcast literally for selfish reasons, just to, just cause we like doing it, you know, right. and kind of, kind of caught fire. You know, we, every, every single month to the day since we started it, our downloads have grown. And we, uh, in the beginning, what was kind of cool is in the beginning, the two things we used to, to get our guests because I wasn't in the, you know, I, I didn't know about Jason Cass or Ryan Hanley or any of these, any of these folks, um, Joey, Sidney, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't kind of, I was one of those agents that didn't follow the insurance, you know, right. thought leaders. I didn't do that. And so what we use to get our guests is we use the lineup for Brian Appleton's insurance agent summit. Yep. And we use the lineup for agent 2021. And very serendipitous, serendipitous is I spoke at both of those conferences this year as a direct result of the podcast. So Boom. that's literally, literally, Jason, every single good thing that's happened to me lately is a result of, of, of that podcast in, in terms of business. So I told my wife literally four weeks ago, about three weeks. That was right after I got back. So it was about three weeks ago. I literally told my wife that, Bradley. I said, Andrea, I said, yeah. of all of the things I've done, besides marrying you and having kids, I get it. I said, one of the most impactful <laughs> things in my life has been doing that podcast. And the thing about it is, 
And I don't want to tell it. I can't wait. Maybe one of these days you'll interview me and I'll tell you my story because it's a really good one as well. Yours is incredible. I love this. This is this. What a great way to open up. Usually people are like two, three minutes long. You were like 10 and I'm, and I'm wanting more. And so. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. It's great. It's so great because so many people have had, you know, no matter, they didn't have a podcast, but everybody has their podcast out there. You know what I mean? Right. They have their thing that they did that they can look back on. And for me with the podcast, Bradley, people have no idea like how hard it is to put out 500 podcasts. It is oh incredibly <laughs> hard. It is incredibly hard. Like, because there's just times where you're just grinding, you know what I mean? It's just like anything else. And, yeah. and really the industry, there's really nothing going on. Everybody's just kind of doing their thing. Now, lately, there's been so much transformation and, and crazy stuff going on. It's been very easy to do podcasts. But yeah, right. it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I love that. I love that. And I, I totally feel you on that. There's been so many good things that have happened due to the podcast. And you know what the crazy thing is, is, is that it was your intention, my intention, everybody who's had one of these was necessarily me was it it never was about us you know it was kind of right. it was kind of the the selfish thing i was i didn't say i was going to start a podcast i never even thought about it but whenever i would go on the road and i would come back and i would have a million people asking me questions it got to the point where it was like okay i'm going to put out a podcast of my thoughts and you guys can just watch that right because at the time i was just starting my agency um and and i didn't have time to be like hey i'm going to sit on the phone and and talk to you for a long time like i, I didn't have mm -hmm. you know well, yeah and it's like i mean first of all you kind of have to give all the glory to god because i mean right. it's a chance encounter it, it you know it's that's mm -hmm. all it is and, and so you you have to do that but it's like I, I didn't intend on people in the insurance industry knowing me. I'm like, worst case scenario, we'll have a lot of fun doing this. We'll make some good connections with our guests. And like, I'm just, I'm a normal insurance agent. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert by any means. And I mean, it's like, you know, the first three speakers that were announced at Agent 2021 was Gary, uh, Brad Auerbach from Facebook, and me. Like, that's a that's joke. I'm right. <laughs> like, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's um, all I do is I, 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 I sit in front of a microphone and talk. Exactly you know? right. It's wild, man. It's wild. Things, things. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And 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 the glory to God is totally good in that. And you know, one of the things a lot of people, Bradley, I've said this sort of a couple times throughout the five or six years, but the name agents influence like actually has a meaning. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, it's not like I just went agents, like insurance agents and then influence so that we could have an influence on them. Actually, it has nothing to do with that. It, when I was, when I was trying to think about this, I was trying to think of a name and I was thinking like, okay, I'd like to have agent in it and like insurance agent. So I looked up the definition of agent and when I saw it, like the third definition was, it was a chemical reaction for change. Okay. And so I was like, mm -hmm. okay, so like an agent that makes, uh, that can make, okay, that makes sense. And then I couldn't think of anything else. And I was sitting there watching TV one night and I was watching Rick Warren from Saddleback Church. And he was on um, uh -huh. Pierce, uh, Pierce right. Morgan. Pierce he Morgan. was on Pierce Morgan on CNN. And they were talking and, and, and Pierce Morgan said to Rick Warren, he said, you know, why don't you take, since you have this huge church of 20, 30,000 people, why have you not done what everybody else has done and put yourself on TV? And, and it was amazing because I want to pause there because as I would go around and I would talk and, and for the big eye and I was telling people about what I was doing on Facebook, ironically, same, same thing in 2010, 2009, 2010, 2011, no right. one was doing that. 
uh, I was at, as I would go around, I would have these agents say, Hey, I got this idea. Hey, I got this idea. And I would say, why are you telling me this? Like, go tell the rest of the world this. They'd say, no one would listen to me, but, but you have a microphone and you have the relationships. People will listen to you. So if I tell you, you can maybe take my idea and we can. And I was like, wow, that's cool. So now I'm sitting there and I'm watching Pierce Morgan and I'm a Saddleback Church. And he says, why do you not just take this to the mainstream, go on TV, you know, and, and spread your word. And he said, you know, he's like, that's never been something I wanted to do. He was reading something in Isaiah. I can't remember right now. I butcher it, but he was reading it. And, and so he went to Africa and he would, he would realize that he didn't want to go to the, to the um, places where everybody else had been. Right. So he would find these villages and he would go there and he would see all this poverty and, and sickness. And, and he said, and he would notice something like about a day or two later, the cameras would always show up wherever he was. And then he would notice a day right. or two later that the water would always show up. And he would notice a day or two later that the medicine would always show up. And so he would go to another, uh, another village and a day or two later, the cameras would show up and then the water would show up and then the medicine would show up. And so he started to realize that as it says in the Bible in this, in this verse, and, and basically he was giving a voice to those who had no voice. Exactly. And he looked right, and he looked right at Pierce Morgan and he said, that is what influence is. Mm-hmm. And I said, boom, I was like, there it is. I was like, that's what it is. <laughs> so awesome, it became man. agents, which was a chemical change. So, so agents influence is giving the voice to those who have no voice so we can make a change in the insurance industry. That's exactly what agents influence is. Yeah. And so I love that story. And that really goes back to um, it's when you say the glory to God, because that was like, boom. I mean, I remember watching that clear as day. I just flipped and jumped out of my couch. My wife's looking at me weird like she still does, but that's cool. So, so Bradley, <laughs> so, um, so now if you remember, if um, fast forwarding to where you are now, right before we got on, you had told me that you now are starting your own agency or kind of tell us what's been going on in the last couple months. So it's really, man, it's a direct result of the podcast, to be honest, as is everything. I mean, there's a lot of unintended consequences, but, you know, basically Scott and I started, I was working, basically running an agency that I didn't have really any ownership in, um, but had all the duties basically of, of a principal. And, uh, Scott and I, uh, started this podcast for interviewing all these awesome people, you know, Zach and Matt, Paradiso. Uh, we interviewed Roy, you know, Roy, like Seth, McCormick, McCormick, all kinds Seth, of studs, with all these people. And so we got, and so we're kind of, what's happening is we're getting an MBA in how to run an independent agency. Exactly, bro. Oh. And, and so this was March of 2017. Uh, so, and this is actually, I think the first time publicly I've spoken about this because by the time this airs, I've already announced and started the agency. But um, we got invited to go spend two days with Chris Paradiso in Connecticut, which which we we accepted and and went up there and just just we talked process and procedure and stuff you know stuff like that and and after the first day we were going back to the hotel and uh, Scott looked at me and he was like you know you need to start your own agency right he's like you can't you can't come here and talk about all this stuff that you can't do. And not do that. You've got to good do for, it. Good for him. You've got to do it. And and so that was March of of, of twenty seven. Excuse me, not twenty seventeen. March of twenty eighteen. And uh, 
So over the next year, I sort of had planning and, and thinking about it. And, and of course, I'm still talking to all these, these, these people because we do one podcast a week and we batch record. So we'll do like eight in a day. And it's it's a grind, but uh, but anyway, so we, you know, coming towards the end of the year, Scott told me again, and he's like, man, he's like, he's like, when you when you go out on your own, you are going to be the most prepared individual on the face of this planet because you're talking to Seth and Jeff, Matt and Zach, you know, you got all these connections, Hanley, you know, Joey, Sydney. I mean, you're talking to all these folks, and and so. So fast forward, you know, I'm just, I'm a person that believes in the customer centric approach. I believe in with our processes and procedures as an agency, we should start with the customer and work our way back, not the other way around. I feel like a lot of agencies, and it starts with the carriers, is these are our processes, this is how we do business, and the customers are just going to have to get used to it. And I'm of the belief of, hey, look, how does our customer want to do business with us? And reverse engineer back into how we were going to do business. And I was I was just in a position where I really couldn't do that. And so it's it's inspired me to to go out on my own and basically build my own independent agency the way that I want to do it. And it's it's it all it's all, everything centered around making it easy for customers to do business with us by utilizing technology to not take away the agent, but to enhance the agent and enhance the customer experience. And so, you know, the, the company I'm building is called Portal Insurance, P-O-R-T-A-L. So Mobile, where I'm at, is the port ah. city. And so port and then A-L. Ah. Um, but it also kind of plays into that, you yeah. know, customer centric, nice. you know, the portal. Yep. So I, I've, uh, I've purchased a small book of business. Um, I'm still... It's still small enough that I can almost call myself scratch. <laughs> but um, the other thing I'm going to do, and this is sort of a side note, is because I don't think anyone's do this, I'm going to do my best to vlog and document this journey. I'm documenting myself struggling with my office, and I ordered, you know, those Cisco phones are like $400 each. I found them for eight bucks on Amazon. Wow. I'm psyched. They come in, they don't have a power cord. So now I have to buy power cords for $30 a piece. <laughs> um, I paid a guy to install Ethernet in my office. Turns out I don't need the Ethernet. I need, you know, so it's, I'm documenting all this, not only because I think it's entertaining content and not only because it, it can help, you know, other agents, but because, and I have a little bit of a platform for it, but, you know, I want my, my daughter and, and my future kids to be able to look back and be like, wow, that's dad struggling with his phone system you know so that's 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 kind of where i am now you know by the time this airs we'll we'll be opened and and rocking and rolling and and so it's i'm extremely excited man that that, i'm extremely excited for you dude i remember those days how exciting it was and it's a and it's an up and down roller coaster because then you think man one of these days i actually have to do this and then you're like well i know i can do this because i've really been doing it on my own anyways i just was Mm -hmm. underneath somebody else but then you're like yeah but what if the companies come around and they want this or that or what if this happens and you know what i mean and i think that's just part of being an entrepreneur but that's what makes it all worth it bradley let's reverse Mm -hmm. here let's go let's go back let's dive into something that you said when you're talking about being customer centric, because I think that there is, there's more clarification that needs to be made. And I want you to tell me if I'm wrong, because this is what, this is this stuff right here is what I love. This is right here. This is meat for the listeners. 
So when you're talking about doing business the way that the customer wants to do business, now I think I think here's here's a distinction that I want to make. It's the difference not of the way the customer wants to do business. It's the way your customer wants to do business. That's right. There's a difference between that. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to be a jack of all trades, mama said, you'll be a master of none. And, and right. mama's, mama's right. And so I think that that's important that we make that distinction, loyal listeners. That's not what Bradley's saying. Bradley's saying, I'm going to find who my customer is for my agency, and then I'm going to communicate the way they want to communicate. Am I wrong by that, Bradley? No, that, that's absolutely right. And I, and I always I always clarify that when I'm when I'm talking to someone about that customer centric approach, and I always use the example of the lemonades of the world and the Geico's of the world. That the, the reason that they are quote unquote winning, you know, loose definition is they're making it extremely easy to do business with. They've somewhat found their audience, and they know how that audience wants to do business. That being said, that doesn't mean that that's your client. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to identify your client. If your client is the type of client that wants to come into the office and pay cash every month, that's right. And that's by God, you need to be the best in the world at paying with cash. That's right. Or taking cash. You know, if if your client is the the EFT, uh, I want to text my agent. I don't ever want to come in the office and that that kind of client, which is kind of more more towards what I'm trying to do then be the best in the world at that. And you need to have the technology in your agency to be suitable. And it's okay, right? It's okay that you don't service everybody. Matter of fact, you're doing yourself a service. You're doing the customer a service. You're doing the carrier a service. And you're doing Mm -hmm. the industry a service. It's what Seth uh, Zaremba says. That's a four-way win is what we call that. And so I, I think that that is so important what you're saying right there because so many people are lost in. They will try to service that person with cash online, EFT, those who need text, those who want to come in through Facebook, those who want it old school. And and don't get me wrong, that's the way we've always done it. But people say a lot, I hear this, Bradley, they say, with all these new channels of all this information coming in, I don't necessarily, it's very hard to overcome. No, there is no perfect potion to that. Okay, that's something we're all struggling with. But at the same time, I'll notice that in our commercial lines, we really never have that issue. And the reason is we're very niche focused on commercial lines, but we're much more broad appetite on personal lines. And so I've noticed that, yes, personal lines people deal with you differently than business, but also in the fact that I have my business people, they like to deal with email or they like to see you face to face. So we can service that easily, right? That, That personal lines client where we are starting to learn, not only do these people need different processes if they're different types of customers, but they also need different type of carriers that service them. And so I now I have to have more carriers and more processes, or I shrink down my people, shrink down the processes, shrink down the carrier commitments, put more with one. I make money not only because of efficiency, I also make more money because I'm putting more money with certain carriers that are profitable for what they're looking for. And we're all, and everybody's winning here. Man, the, the only way you can beat price is with speed, efficiency, and convenience. That's right. And you have to figure out the makeup and the puzzle of those three and how they fit your client. But if you've got speed, efficiency, and consistency, and efficiency, you've got 
and I know I butchered that, but you've got such an advantage over someone who's cutting your legs off with pride. You you really truly are, and I love it. My uh, I heard Brent Kelly say it a long time ago, and I use it with my current uh, producers when I'm training them. Price is always going to be an issue. We just got to figure out how to use those things you said to not make it be the main issue. Right. I mean, it's just, I buy insurance exactly. insurance. Yes. Price is important, you know, but I also know what I'm getting. So, uh, anyways, anyways, so tell us, so deep in this, I mean, you got lucky with Gary V, um, out there with your Snapchat, but since then, I mean, yeah, you got invited to agent 2021. Was there a time obviously where you guys didn't talk was when you did, did you say, Hey, back in Snapchat, what's that story? How that relationship come about? So everybody thinks he and I are best friends now, which is so funny and I don't necessarily correct them, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, I've been a huge fan. Like, you know, I, I made a video, uh, when they asked me to do it, which I almost cried when I was doing the video, like literally, because I was like, I'm not going to sit back here and act like this isn't the coolest thing that ever happened to me. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people with stuff like that, they're like, Oh yeah, this is cool. I'm going to get to do this, but it's, they don't, this is great. You know? And so I made this when they asked me, you know, and so actually back up how we got that. It's yeah. I'm all about giving more than I'm receiving. And so I reached out to Kim who puts on that conference. Who's a total, like, She's probably the most accomplished person we've ever interviewed on the podcast. I listened and, to it. Um, and we interviewed her, but I reached out to her last year after Agent 2021 and basically said, hey, look, we've interviewed every single person who was on the insurance track uh, in 2018. I want to interview you. I didn't say I want to interview Gary, right? I want to interview you, and I want it to be a 30-minute commercial for this conference next year. And she reached back out to me and said, email me in November that, that way we, you know, and so that's what we did. And so I emailed her and said, Hey, and I've had, you know, the screenshot tweet and said, Hey, and she's like, yeah. And actually, would you want to be on a panel? And I'm like, heck yeah. So that's kind of how that happened. But so I kind of had this little like double whammy going on with Gary, Gary and I really didn't, we, we didn't keep in touch. Like I had met, I met him once after the Snapchat conversation, I met him one time at a conference we spoke briefly um, and he's good at remembering people or at least giving the perception that he's remembering people. Right. And so agent 2021 happened. Well, then I'm involved in a conference here in Mobile. So the senior bowl is a college football playoff game or Scott college football all-star game um, here in Mobile. It's college seniors who are going in the NFL. It's a huge scouting uh, week. And I had this idea in 2017 I emailed Gary and said, hey, if I hold a conference the week of the Senior Bowl and somehow tie the Senior Bowl in and get you access to them, will you come speak for free? And he responds, yes, we'd love to do this. But at that time in 2017, I had zero connections to the Senior Bowl. Gary had just launched Vayner Sports, which gave me that idea. Gotcha. And it's sort of a sports agent's job to be in with the senior bowl. Like that's part of their, you know, if they can hobnob a little bit and get in with the senior bowl, it helps their, helps their agenda. And, and so fast forward a year later, this is right before agent 2021 happened. I was having lunch with a, a local business owner here, Scott Tyndall, who's very well known. He's been on shark tank and a lot of stuff like that. And, um, he's sort of local famous. And I told him about this idea. So let me tell you about this pipe dream I had one time and Gary, Gary, Gary bit on it. And he's like, man, I know the guy that runs the senior bowl. You want to eat lunch with him tomorrow? Oh, <laughs> so the literally the next day we're holding a conference 
And so I reached back out to Gary and AJ, his brother, and I'm like, hey, I know it's been a year and a half, but this looks like it's going to happen. And they said, we need this, 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 and this by this day in order for us to be involved. Well, we got all of that to them by that day. Gary commits to, to Keynote, which was the best day of my life. Wow. Um, yes, dude. But wow. I just had this gut feeling that we didn't need to tell anyone yet. And five days later, I get an email from Kim at VaynerMedia that says, hey, do you want to be on a panel at Agent 2021? And five minutes later, we get an email from Gary that says, hey, or, or Gary, I think AJ actually sent the email. Gary got booked for a high six-figure speaking gig in Egypt, and he's not going to be here. And so the best news, worst news. Um, so we we had already booked a 1,100-seat venue. <laughs> and I'm like, now we have to fill these seats without Gary. But luckily, we were able to leverage the Senior Bowl, and we got you know John Gruden uh, with Oakland Raiders, I guess now Las Vegas Raiders, Kyle Shanahan, a bunch of other you Mike know, great Mike or something like that. Todd McShay, Todd yeah, McShay. I was on the panel. I was on a panel with Todd McShay. Yeah, um, Tom, Tom McShay. Uh, I asked Todd McShay some difficult questions off script. He got a little frustrated with me, but um, <laughs> but anyway. So fast forward to I'm at Agent 2021. I am standing ten feet from Gary. I'm about to go up and speak. I get a text from my partner in the conference. Says, "Hey, Gary's people just reached out to us." Not only is he now going to be at the conference, he's going to have dinner with us Thursday night. Wow. And so I walk up to Gary and I'm like, hey, Senior Bowl, uh, looks like we're having – he's like, yeah, I just texted. We just confirmed. I'm like, that's probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Wow. Um, and so I'm like, yeah. So like, we go from like he's not coming to he and I are having dinner a week later and we're going to – and so then we got some good FaceTime at age of 2021. A week later, he comes in to senior bowl and it's funny you know like he wanted to be there so he actually missed his flight in new york and told his film crew to go home like his entourage and he ran across the airport booked a flight to new orleans and then i think like ubered from new orleans to mobile which is like two hours just to make it to that dinner wow so did that and then he spoke briefly at the conference the next day and then committed to keynoting uh, next year so that's sort of how all of that kind of came together and Holy got cow, some good face time i know i know and it's you know but it's funny it's like you know we were talking about clouds and dirt and and th- these humbling experiences you know you know the, ne- the all that happened in the span of two weeks the next week of my life was one of the most stressful weeks of my life everything's okay but i just had a stressful week with the agency and things going on outside of that and so it's funny how like life is humbling like that but um but man it's 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 been a crazy crazy last month dude dude what a what a fantastic ride you know um yeah and the relationships that you've created are so huge so deep you know for any of you guys listening any any loyal listeners listening do you hear how he's at this lunch there's a book out there never eat alone um there there's there's so much value i tell my producers and and i pay for it bradley i put my money where my mouth is that if they have uh some kind of center influence or somebody that they need to create a relationship with we pay for that lunch we get here here's your card yeah i mean you you go and do what you have to do because of what you encountered there it's all about 
people and how they know other people. And that's one thing that Zach and Matt talk about whenever that I love about them is, is they talk about, it's not about insurance. It's not about anything. You're just going there to say, how can I help you? Who can I connect you with? Right. And if we all think that way, can you imagine how dynamic the world would be? Right. And, and, and you didn't even ask for it. You didn't even there go there for that reason. You just went there Hey, this is a business owner. And that's something all you loyal listeners can learn is that who should you do? Find the executive director of your chamber. If I go talk to your mayor, find one of the CEOs of one of the um, companies out at your industrial park or your technology park, start calling these people. And, and what do you say to him? You say, Hey, I'd like to go to lunch with you for one hour and just ask you questions. Cause my goal is to be as successful as you. Anybody calls me and asks me that, Bradley, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. You're gonna you're gonna let me brag for an hour and I get to help you, you know? Yeah. And you and you don't right hook them. You don't go in there and like, I want to help you with you. I mean, I did that early in my career. Jason, the same mistakes that people make at networking events and socializing in terms of business is the exact same mistake that people make on social media. They try to make a sale. They're in t- it's an intent thing. Their intent is to make a sale versus to create engagement and build a relationship. If you build relationships, everything else is going to work itself out because what's going to happen is when you build that relationship with that person, either eventually they're going to come to you and say, hey, I want to buy your product. I want to do business with you. Or B, you've built that relationship up enough that it's okay for you to to go in for the ask. You know, you've got enough equity with that person that you can say, hey, let me quote your insurance. And they're going to do it because they know you. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. That's right. It's a deeper relationship. It was, um, I can't remember what part of this, what part of your background you were talking that, that made me, that made me think about that. It's about a deeper relationship. There was a gentleman that was at, uh, my 15 year reunion. I hadn't seen him. We were good friends in high school. Once we threw the hat in the air at a graduation, hadn't seen him since comes up to me at re- the reunion. I shake his hand. I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? He's like, da, da, da. and I said, Hey, by the way, how's your daughter? Blah, 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 blah. They were, him and his family were down in Pensacola, they, a beach that she stepped on some glass, cut her foot open at their family vacation. They're getting stitches for their daughter's foot. Right. And I asked him about that and he just looked at me and he said, I haven't talked to you in 15 years, and yet you know what's going on with my family at vacation. And I'm like, yes. We were able to start a deeper conversation right off the bat. It wasn't, hey, how are you? Were you married? What's been going on? No, I know you. I know your kids. I know you have three girls. You know what I mean? I already know that. And it's like, and, and about him. And it was just, it was so that's what relationships are. And that's what you're talking about. People say to me all the time, Jason, how would you do this? If you were on social media, how would you do this? Here's what I always say. How would you do it in real life? Exactly. Because it's the same damn thing. It's the same thing. One just happens to be digital world and this, but it's the same thing, you know, just like you're saying right there, you just don't jump in and say, Hey, I'm Bradley and here's, here's my card. No, you know? Yeah. 
Well, it's like everybody's – I've had people ask me like, man, why didn't you ask Gary to be on your podcast or why didn't you flip on your phone and go live when you were standing with him? And 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 I'm like – and when I say I got some FaceTime, especially that Thursday and Friday of our event, I mean I got a lot of FaceTime. And I'm like, I don't want him to think, oh, the only reason this guy wants to be my friend is so he can get something right. from me. Like to me, the relationship is you know a million times more valuable than the – 50,000 downloads on that episode. That's right. You know, that's right. And let me, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, let's talk about relationships, right? So Daniel Burris, who's a futurist, somebody I've followed for probably eight, nine, 10 years, uh, Steve Anderson, Rick Morgan, some of the, uh, monumental pioneer veterans of what we are doing today, Bradley is built on what those guys, um, had done. And, and when you look at, when you're looking at the relationships and you're trying to figure things out and you're realizing Daniel Burris said, and he's a futurist and he wrote books in the eighties and nineties. And, and if you read them, it's amazing. He's literally right on with what he's talking about. And he said that you can tell the future by looking at hard trends and soft trends. And he said, and I will tell you what the number one thing that all you independent insurance agents and all you agents need to know is that the future is relationships through automation, through other things, you can enhance those through the AI technology, insurance of things, machine learning, you can enhance those. And, but it's all about relationships. One of the things that I say to my producers a lot, and I, and I, and I drive this home all the time is a relationship is a relationship is a relationship. I think sometimes, and this goes back to what we're talking about with Gary Vee, it's what are you wanting from me or is there really truly something there, right? So if I am with, uh, I see uh, I'm single and I see uh, a beautiful girl across the, the, the way, if I just walk right up to her and I say, hey, how are you doing? And she says, hi. And I say, and I just kind of grab her by the arm and I say, hey, come on, we're going to go out for the night. I just throw her in a taxi and she just goes willfully. Whether that's one in a million or not, <laughs> the fact is, is that that was a little too easy, right? Right. Do you follow me? That was yeah. a little too easy. But yet, probably like when we met our wives, they thought that we were a bunch of idiots, morons, and geeks. So they, we had to chase them. Remember, Bradley? Uh-huh. We had to chase them like really fast. Yeah. And, and, and yet, those were the relationships that, ended up being the one we took home to mom, Mm -hmm. right? That was the deeper relationship. And so I see that same thing when it comes back to relationships. You're bringing that up with Gary Vee, even though that's a relationship that's very similar to the relationship that we would have with our customers, which is what are you getting from me? Are you really just trying to do this so you can write my insurance or are you really wanting to um, get to know me in a deeper way? Yeah. And I think there's a huge correlation there that, that Bradley, it's our job. It's your job. It's Scott's job. It's my job that there are so many young producers right now in their twenties or thirties that are hearing this about, ah, it's not necessarily relationship. It's this or that, or it's price. And we talked about that earlier. I used to think that same thing, but as I've matured and realized like my, my days of insurance in the first five to 10 years could have been so much easier if I would have accepted the fact that it is relationships. What says you, Bradley? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There are those times that you need to sell. You know, there's a time that you need to go in for that. But you have to be aware enough to know, okay, I don't need to do this here. I do need to do this here. You know what I mean? One, mm-hmm. one of the best relationship builders in terms of insurance is a buddy of mine by the name of Kurt Collasian. He's a captive agent here in Mobile. And uh, Kurt and I and another guy carpooled to a conference one time or, a, or like a, a workshop. And 
on the way back, Kurt, Kurt was sitting in the back and Kurt said, uh, got, Kurt was a very good life insurance sales guy. Kurt said, guys, do you mind if I make some life insurance sales calls? And we're like, sure, go ahead. And he's back there and he made calls for about an hour and did not mention life insurance one time. Every customer he called was, how are your kids? How are your family? How's things going? This, that, and the other. Never mentioned insurance one time. And we got thought, I'm like, and back then I was, I was like 26 years old. I was full of, you know what, and vinegar. I'm wanting to sell right. everybody, you know, and I'm like, Kurt, like, and I'm into like the, you know, the Grant Cardone and the set, you know, hardcore sales and all that stuff. I'm like, Kurt, man, why didn't you like go in for the kill with any of those? And he's like, because if I call them and talk to them, like I'm their friend, not only do I build a relationship with them and not only does that increase the chances of them of them buying from me in the future and staying with me in the future. But it pretty much guarantees that they're always either going to answer my call or call me back. You know, if I'm, if I'm calling now, and this is an extreme example, but he's like, you know, if I'm calling them and not mentioning insurance, no, they're always going to, you know, if, if I'm calling and mentioning insurance every time, every time I call them there, eh, there's probably a 50% chance they're going to pick that call up because they know I'm going to be trying to sell them something. Yep. So and to me, that that is always, always, always stuck with me. Um, and Kurt probably doesn't even remember that. Yeah, he, he, no, he doesn't. And there's a lot of things we do in life and people that we talk to that has an impact on them. You know, let's uh, bring that forward. I know relationships is relationships. We can jump around that. But you, you, know, you brought something up that also triggers something in my mind. There's been recent news. Today uh, is just for the loyal listeners recording this. It's February 23rd. There was big news that hit the insurance industry yesterday um, with uh, the announcement that Ryan Handley has left the insurance industry. What are some of your thoughts on that, uh, Bradley? You know, I think that Ryan Hanley left the insurance industry better than when he found it. I think he's been nothing but great for our industry. I'm extremely happy for him. Um, I'll tell you this, Jason. I've gotten to know Ryan somewhat. You know, we've done two podcasts with him. He and I have stayed in touch. Uh, there's been no more of a gracious guest. You know, Hanley's a little hard to get on the front end. It's hard to get him because he's busy. But there, we haven't had a more gracious guest on the podcast than Ryan Hanley. And I know that guy, whatever he does, is going to excel one million percent. You know, I'm eager to see what he's doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I won't make it personal, but because the world's not about me, but it hit me really, really hard. It, it really, really did. And, it, and to be honest I with bet. you, he, he knows this. It pissed me off. Um, him and I had a, a long talk about it and, um, I really truly always felt and knew that when him and I, for everybody who knows grow program, uh, which you, which is agency intelligence now was started by Ryan and I, and we had it for like four or five months. And then he went to trustedchoice.com and it's like him and I, him and I've been through the trenches, him and I have been told, you know, it's kind of like Seth Zaremba that we were crazy, that we were terrible for the industry, that we were wrong in our way we were thinking, and no one likes social media, and this digital marketing doesn't work, and all you're trying to do is just, um, you're misleading people, and and I mean, and we just had to keep chugging, chugging along. Like today, today, Bradley, this is all accepted, right? Like what Mike McCormick and and uh, mm -hmm. Taylor do, and, and, and what Nicholas Ayers does, and, and I mean, what you're talking about with Instagram, and we're doing podcasts. I mean, Dude, like it's 2019. In 2012, 
No one was thinking this. Me and Hanley weren't even doing our podcast. We were the only reason we did our podcast was a way to get our word out because every time we try to do something, the old guard would always push us down. And I really always believed that when he left, I told him and I said, one of these days, dude, we'll meet back together and we'll dominate. And we may still, but the fact is, is he really, I know what his job is, what he's doing right now. And he is, like he said, he said, Cass, he said, I probably would have sold my agency. If I had an agency, yeah. I never went to trust the choice. He says, I would have probably sold my agency because this, at my point in time in my life, this is what I think that I want to do. And I'm like, you know, awesome, I man. can't hate you. I can't. Yeah. And then this morning I went to go get some coffee at Starbucks and I'm on my Facebook messengers saying to him, still pissed, by the way, <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there jamming. <laughs> I think everybody was. <laughs> I'm jamming him. I was just like, man, dude. And it is, it's a personal thing. I told him that I'll, I'll really truly be happy for him once I get over my own ego, but that's a pretty big task. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's I'm so happy for him. He meant uh he he really did. He I don't know if I could have been who I was without him because I don't know if I could have kept going on. I mean, we were taking some bullets, Bradley. I mean, we've taken okay. some bullets. Okay. And none of them hit us, but they were wheezing by our heads really fast. Well, so you know, got guys like you and Hanley paved the way for this kind of new generation, not that, not that you're not part of that generation, True. but guys like guys like me and Scott, who we don't have to take those bullets now because you guys took it for us. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, and it's like, and Scott and I, Scott and I were pissed when, you know, we did a podcast with Ryan, like two days after all that stuff went down Yeah, and we were just as pissed. And, and Scott and I, um, we had about an hour and a half gap between recording Ryan's episode. We recorded it at like 8 PM. Uh, Central, and Scott and I went down to the Irish pub and had a couple beers between recording, and came back and and we were on there with Ryan and we had to edit so much out of that episode <laughs> because it was just we were just riffing on like everything like I had to listen to the whole episode before we posted it to make sure there wasn't anything in there that needed to go out didn't need to go out but um but yeah man the the guy has been nothing but good for the industry you know his his style is is a little bit in your face, which I love, you know, but I'll tell you this on a person to person level, there's probably no more gracious person than Ryan Hanley. Yeah. Really and truly. Very, 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 very much so. No. And I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I know the personal side, the deep personal side of Ryan. And, and I mean, I really do. And that is 1000% the truth. I mean, he is a very humble guy. He's very in your face. He's an entertainer. That's truly what he is, right? He's an entertainer and he knows how to, to get you to pay attention. What's amazing is, and I'm, and I really am trying to figure something out. And actually at this recording, I'll hopefully have already done it. I want to do I want to like, I'm trying to figure out a way to capture those stories. That's what I told my team yesterday. AI, I was like, I want you to help me. Like, how do we capture these stories? Like, how do we, how do we, all these people, you know, every once in a while you'd see on their, on his post, like they'd kind of mention something that he had done in their life and no one was really getting deep. And I'm thinking, man, there are so many stories out there of people, especially in, on LinkedIn. He has a huge following on LinkedIn. And I think there's a lot of business owners. It's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to be a salesperson and I'm going to really make it work at this agency. It's another thing, as you're finding out, Bradley, to say I am the owner of this agency and it has to work out because mm -hmm. people are relying on me. And, and, I, think, right. and I think for, for, to, for you to be, have enough power, for you to have enough sway 
influence in somebody's life to make them be able to get over that hurdle and understand to take that risk, to take that step across that valley of fear, that right there is what is the power of him. He told me last night, he said in, in Facebook, he said, hey, Cass, he said, these, these messages are overwhelming. And my exact answer was, this is a visual example of the power of you. This is what it is, like your visual example of seeing how much impact you've had inside of an industry. And, and I hope he has three times as much more impact at where he's going. So, Is, is there any better feeling than making an impact on people? Mm-hmm. Bradley, you said it best, bro. He left this industry better than when he, when he found it. That is found boom, it, yeah. dude. Boom. So, yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, really, really going to miss the guy. But here's the cool thing. Um, I know this, and sometimes it's tough to see this, but we got to look down the road all the time. Um, it's the trees in the forest finally die because we need light in for the new to come, right? And Ryan's, Ryan's, the void that Ryan will leave with his voice not being commanding and insurance will only bring light to a bunch of new saplings that are going to come and rise. You know what I mean? That's and right. that's what I'm excited about. And if they use the same soil, they're only going to go twice as much. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, that's what I'm all hyped about. I mean, that's my boy. I love that guy. So, uh, Anyways, tough things, tough things. But anything, anyway, life is relationships. Sales is relationships, right? This is what's important. And, and, and that's what you can do. That life insurance guy to his clients did what Ryan did to us. You know, one thing I told Ryan one day, I told him, I said, Ryan, I said, you're so good at what you do that actually people don't know who you work for or what you sell. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. Because if you really went to a lot of people that follow him, Bradley, and said, what does trusted choice do? I think they they would may sometimes have a hard time wrapping their head around it if they didn't know Sydney and Joey on that side. But if you're just following Ryan, he did what you were really supposed to do. It's a brand. This is who we are. We're, we're a trusted choice of the independent insurance agent. We're their mouthpiece. you know. And And I think that was a good thing, but it was also... Maybe sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it was just, it got lost in his, his, just how awesome his wow was that I don't think people put aside and realize that they actually get you leads. So right, sometimes, exactly. so exactly. that's like I said, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but just the way that it's a, it's not actually a bad thing. It's just different. So anyways, brother, anything else you want to? I mean, we've been on here an hour and, and I really, to be honest with you, I didn't even realize it was an hour. I just looked at the little timer thing, but, uh, Anything you want to add? Anything you want to close with um, uh, at this time that other people are listening to this? You've now been an agency owner for like two weeks or three weeks. Two weeks, yeah. <laughs> Any positive vibes anyone can send my way, uh, please, please do so. Uh, because I'm sure, you know, by the time this airs, I'll be stressed out about something that at the time of recording, I didn't even know existed. Um, you know, listen to the podcast. You know, we, we you know, Scott and I, um, our goal is just to help as many agents as possible. You know, literally. I mean, where can they find you, man? Where can um, they find Insurance you? Guys Podcast? Uh, you know, we're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and the InsuranceGuysPodcast dot com. Uh, additionally, you can just search my name in pretty much any of those platforms, and it'll come up. But but you know, literally, like that's just that's that's what I want to do, man. I, nobody helped me in the beginning, and I just I want to help as many agents as possible, and and you know, bring the experts and the 
the thought leaders and the trendsetters and the Ryan Hanleys and the Jeff Roy's, mm-hmm. you know, to, to everyone. So I, me personally, I'm pretty, I'm Sarah land insurance. That's S A R A L A N D underscore insurance pretty much everywhere. Um, on every social channel, um, Instagram, like Ryan Hanley's preferred is LinkedIn. Mine is Instagram. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm the most active and the most reachable. And, and I respond to everybody. I love, love, love when agents call me. You know, yesterday I'm painting at my office and I get this random phone call from somebody who's like having issues with like hiring. And I didn't even know who it was at first. I'm like, I'm like, okay. And I, you know, sat there and talked for 20 minutes. I love when agents reach out to me. So, yeah, no, I do too. I do as well. Now you can't get out of here yet. Cause dude, I totally forgot about something. Totally forgot about something. Uh, so Cuba, Cuba. Yeah. You, yeah. So yeah. you guys, so you guys know, you guys, loyal listeners, you know, Cass is always going to Cuba. I'm actually going to be going, I'll probably be like, that returning the day this podcast is actually coming out because they come out on Wednesdays. But yeah, so I'm going to be going back for my fourth time. But that doesn't matter because Bradley reached out to me, I don't know, a year ago, six months ago, something said, Cass, I'm going. And then you did go. Tell us about when, when did you go and tell us about that, bro? How was that? Um, so in the December, I think, no, 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 no. In uh, November, uh, we're just, uh, we're sitting around me and my wife and some of our friends just you know, having kind of a couple's night, just shooting the bull. And somebody's like, you want to go to Cuba? <laughs> and I said, I know this guy that I can reach out to. And I reached out to you. I'm like, hey, we're going to Cuba. What do we need to know? Kind of thing. So so we went under the support the Cuban people visa, uh, which is you have to stay at, you have to only eat at locally owned restaurants. You have to you know stay at locally owned like Airbnb. And so we just went just really for a vacation, not, nothing else. And, and to, to help the Cuban people. So we put together some, some baggies with like, you know, essentials and, you know, toiletries, things like that. And man, it was probably one of the best vacations of my life, honestly. Um, it, it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted. About a half a day there, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this because you're completely cut off from everything. And, you know, ju- just to add context to everyone listening to this, you know, in order to obtain Wi-Fi there, you have to go to a government-run store buy a, a little card that looks like a business card. It's a scratch off. You scratch it off. You have your username and password, and then you go to a government designated area to use that. The town squares. It's an old Spanish culture, so like the town squares. Exactly. The area there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's guys there that look like drug dealers that aren't drug dealers, and they're selling those Wi-Fi cards. They buy them for a dollar and then flip them for two. Yep. And they, Wi-Fi. They, like, Wi-Fi cards. Wi-Fi. Yeah, Wi-Fi. We, call them the, we call them the Wi-Fi gang. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, man, it's 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 how one of the safe best. was it, Bradley? Oh, it was so safe, dude. It was like you know, for the first, <laughs> like you said, for the first half day, and I really mean that. Like the first half a day, um, I was like, I don't know about this. It's kind of sketchy. But what you realize is, like, man, these people are extremely nice, and mm-hmm. it's not, hey, man, can I have a dollar? It's, hey, nope. man, can I have a dollar and I'll carry your luggage up to your room for you, like. It's what the thing that struck me the most, I'm going to do a piece of content on this when I, when I formulated in my head is our tour guide told us, she said, if you want to sit on your butt and do nothing all day long and let the government take care of care, care of you, this is the ultimate place for you to live. But like majority of the people I met, man, they are hustlers and they want to work and they want to make money and they want to do what they can to take care of their family. They don't want to sit around and, and be lazy all day. No. You know? No. They want to work. So, I mean, they are they are some of the nicest, uh, most most genuine people you will ever be around. 
And, you know, we had a great time. We went, we stayed at an Airbnb in Havana, which is, which was the inside of it was as nice as my house. Um, exactly. And, right. Yeah, and, and I think we paid like, like $400 for the week total. You know, the flights were cheap. And we, we, we went to the tobacco farm uh, where they gave me the same spiel they gave you that everybody was ripping you up about on social, where about the, the stem and the, yeah, (laughs) look, I was videoing it and I, and Laurel, my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm coming to Cass's rescue. I'm videoing this person (laughs) to give them this spiel (laughs) and I haven't posted it yet, but like they, it's like 98% of the nicotine is in the stem and they take the stem out. Um, Dude. And like, and like the people who are ripping me, I'm like, you're probably right, but I'm just telling you what they're telling me. I'm telling you, yeah, like you're being hustled or this, that, and the other, but, and, and, but you can tell a difference with, with that cigar. It's a, it's, it's just a pure, you know, more pure, you know, but we did that and we did the city tour and then there's some great restaurants there, you know, the, the locally owned restaurants. And I'll tell you a funny story back to the Gary V thing. Um, and I know I told you this, but I'll tell yeah, the listeners please. is, is we, uh, we actually got back from Cuba. We landed like an hour before we had dinner with Gary. And so we get there and, and he comes in and when he walked in the restaurant, he recognized me. So he walked to me first and he's like, Hey man, what's up? Good to see you again. And, uh, I was like, man, we just landed from Cuba actually. And like, Oh, okay. I had a brief conversation. Well then he gets pulled away and you know, he's having, you know, for the next hour, he talked to everybody in there and they're like, Oh my God, Gary V and like, you know, throwing up on him. And then he comes back and he's like, so tell me more about Cuba. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And so we're talking to him and he's like, I'm actually uh, consulting right now with the president of Cuba on their digital situation and trying to get more, you know, e-commerce over there. And and I said, well, funny that you mentioned that. I have this Wi-Fi card in my pocket. <laughs> and I told him about that. He's like, yeah, that's not the spiel that we got. But, and, and he's like, man, I'm not going to tell you who I was in this room. He's because it was a bunch of them. It was a group of, of tech guys from America. And he said, I'm not going to tell you who I was in this room. He said, but I was the low man on the totem pole. I'm like, my gosh, I would like to know who's in that room. But um, so, so I don't know if you had it there, but I just got one of my, um, my buddy that's there. Um, he said that they just got data on their phone. So now they can actually um, be anywhere. The and Cuban they can people get do, da- yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you, still, we still don't. Okay. We still don't. Oh, and, and they, uh, they have to pay, I think, per letter for text messages and emojis cost double. But you know, man, I've kept, I've kept that Wi-Fi card in my wallet ever since we left because what it does being over there, even though it's an awesome experience, awesome place, it makes you grateful for what we have over here. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes, and, and, and I've kept that Wi-Fi card in my pocket, not to remind me to be grateful that I have Wi-Fi is that's stupid, but to remind me to be grateful for everything. You know, that's right. It's because it's like, you know, our tour guide had never been to America. The only other country she had visited was Mexico. And she went to a Walmart in Mexico and talked about how amazed she was at the selection and the abundance of what they had. And I'm like, I'm like, man, you know, we are, we are extremely lucky. I mean, her level of excellence in terms of supermarket is a Walmart in Mexico, you know, you know, and the way they think though, like you said, it's per letter of text and then per emoji when it, so I've, I've been there so many times I've been, I mean, where, where it gets real is when you go into the locals home and you sit in their house and eat dinner with them for two or three hours and you talk to them, you get to really see the inside of Cuba 
And and really, truthfully, seriously, guys, it's one of the most safe. There, I would not walk down the street at two o'clock in the morning in downtown St. Louis. I've walked down the downtown street of Havana at two in the morning, and there's little kids walking up and down the damn road. I mean, it's so safe. It's ridiculous. We went down streets that I wouldn't go through in the daytime here, there, and it was, I mean, there's people, nobody bothers you. I mean, they're, they're happy that Americans are there mm-hmm. because, and they know that, you know, if the first American tourist that gets robbed or, or something bad happens and it hits the news, it's going to stop Americans from coming there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to, it's going to cut off that, that tourist because that's the, you know, a private owned business in Cuba, their tax rates, 90% to the government. Right. Right. So these, the Cubans that have the businesses that cater to tourists, a lot of it's in cash because you can't use us credit cards there. So, so a lot of that, you know, they're, they're able to, to kind of get around that if they try to. They can. And so what was amazing was, is the, is, is sitting in this house and I'm talking to this guy one time and this gives you a, into their, into their mind, into their psyche. I was sitting there talking to him and they said that it was like, oh, two ninety nine, two dollars and 99 kook or whatever, 200 kook or whatever mm-hmm. for them to be, make a phone call per minute, which was pretty high. And, and I was like, holy cow, you know, and I sat there and they said, but yeah, I said, do you guys have like monthly, like in America, you just pay a monthly amount and like, you just get to use it whenever. And they're like, oh yeah, we have that. And I'm like, oh really? I'm like, well, why don't you do that? And they're like, because even though I've had my job for two or three years, there's always a possibility that I could lose it. And what we do as our society so that we don't steal is we try to not live beyond our means. Mm-hmm. So if I lose my job, I don't want to have to pay that bill next month because I don't have my job because that forces me to do things to feed my family. So, and this is what he said, it blew my mind. He said, so if I lose my job in Cuba, we just don't use our phone. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself like, wow, what a unique concept. You don't have the money. You just don't do it. Right. (laughs) Right. And, and it's like, I mean, it's like, gosh, that's not the wrong way of thinking. That's the right way of thinking, you know? And so it was just, it was really, really mind blowing. I could tell you a hundred stories like that where that just totally makes sense. And, and you can also see how that abundance is awesome in America, but you can also see how the lack of abundance makes them appreciative of things like family. Yep. Makes them appreciative of, of, of spending time together. Education, 68% of them, which is two thirds, have a, have a college degree. Over 90% of them have a high school degree. And we're not talking like that these people are like, oh yeah, well, Jason, their university. No, their university is a very good university. It's a, it's, I think they're, you'd have to look out there on Google, but even though they're a third world country, they st- still rank very, very high as far as a country in education. I mean, they really, really do. It, it is funny that they are a third world country because they're very high in healthcare. They're yep. very high in the world standings and a lot of things that if they're a third world country, they're the best third world country out there. And it's yep. really, really, people don't realize that. And, and, you know, the other thing is, Bradley, is that like, I was amazed when I went there, like I'd see white people and I'd be like, oh my God, look, there's an American over there. And I'd go over to him. Cause if you've been there for two or three days and you've been <laughs> out actually in Pedro Benicourt out in the middle of the boonies, you don't ever see a white person. So I come back into Havana and I'm like, oh my God, like there's some people right there. And I go up to him and I'll be like, Hey, Hey, I'm Jason Cass. I'm from Illinois. And they look at me and they go, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, whoa. Okay, never mind. You're German. Uh, Okay, you know. And then I would sit there, and we'll sit there on the side, and the chairs, like by by having a little, you know, an ice cream or something. And the people are walking by, and I swear, Bradley, if I can hear an English word 
from like, it's the most amazing thing, like 50 feet away in yeah. a crowd. You know what I mean? They're walking by and everything's Spanish and you'll hear, yeah, let's go this way. And your ears are like, boom, you're like, boom. Uh-huh. And I saw this one family, I tracked them down. They were from Philadelphia. I was like, hey man, it's just good to talk to somebody else here that's an American, you know? And it was, uh, it was really cool because they felt the same way. So people don't realize funny. that there's, there's a lot of other uh, even though Americans can't go there, the rest of the world does. Exactly. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't realize that. So, and they, when they see you and, and of course they'll come up to you and, and they'll want to, you know, perform a service for a couple bucks and they'll say, Hey, and they hear English it's like, ah, American, you know? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and it's like, where are you staying? And they, they always say, first thing they say is where are you staying? Because they know if you say hotel, you're not really supporting the Cuban people. Right. If you say Air- Airbnb, or where, wherever, you know, mm-hmm. oh, Airbnb, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, cause they, I mean, cause all the hotels are state run, yep. you know, and the, and the ones that the hotels that are quote unquote private, um, the government owns 51%. But, but I'll tell you some, a funny story that happened. We had a, a tour guide that we booked for a day that we, took us to the tobacco farm, which is about a two hour drive. And, uh, the couple that we had with us, uh, the tour guide said, you know, what do you guys do for a living? And my wife said, well, I do insurance and my husband does insurance and She's a pharmacist and he's a uh, software developer. And she says, "Oh, so you guys drive Mercedes, huh?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, like more like Honda and Toyota, but yeah, yeah, I know the the way that they think of it. And it's funny what you said. Like even the private hotels, they own fifty one percent of it. So I said to this owner one time, I said, "I said, man, I said, dude." So like 51% of your business is owned by the government. So, I mean, isn't that crazy? And he looked at me and he said, if your tax rate is 30%, they own 30% of your business. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of sat there and I'm like, there's so many times, like when you're speaking to speaking to Cuban people, they're so smart. And you're like, you're like, oh my God, like, dang, that's, that's totally true. You know, the guy says to me, he says, you see my house, my house right here. My house has been in this family for over 70 years. He's like, it was passed down to me. He was like, and this is 100% my house. No one can take it from me. They don't have eminent domain. Yes, I understand that the government rules, but they can't, they just don't take like their personal property. That's just not something that they're going to do. And they said, and you in America, you don't own any of your property. And I looked at him, I said, yes, I do. I said, I, I own my home. I own the land on it. And he said, um, so if you don't pay your taxes every year, would they let you keep it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. He's like, no one ever comes to my property. We don't pay property taxes. This is my house, you know? So there's, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I want to just become a Cuban, but I'm just saying when you open your mind and you actually don't try to be an American and you try to be a human on earth and listen to the different way people have perspectives on how to live, you start to realize that, yes, while yours may still be the best, theirs may not be the worst. Exactly. Right? So exactly. it's just like, it's like getting and understand there. Bradley, dude, we've been here so long, dude. This is the longest podcast I may have ever done. It's definitely in the top five. I usually go about 45 minutes to an hour, but uh, that's just how good of this is. So, Hey man, anytime you want me to come on your podcast, I will, I will, I will be there and I look forward to you. Congrats. And I'm so excited for you, for your agency. Uh, I remember what those days were like and you have way more platform authority than I ever had starting out. So I know that is going to be an exciting thing for you. And it's just great when it's just yours, right? It's, yep. it's yours when you yep. say, hey, this may not be ran the best 
ever, but it's ran the way that that I feel is best, right? It's ran by the way I've I've surrounded myself with the people that I want to go to war with, right? And that's what's really, really, really cool, man. And I'll tell you, man, I I really appreciate that. Anytime you want to come on, um, like I said, we batch record. So when we have the next session, I think it's first week in April or second week in April, we'll do that. And, you know, I'll tell you this, as far as the agency goes, uh, uh, about in August, I had a conversation. I went up and saw uh, Zach and Matt in Boston. And uh, Zach told me, he said, the only thing worse than doing this and failing is if a year from now you haven't done it. And that that has just played on Whoa. repeat in my head Whoa. over and over and over. So anybody that's thinking about jumping, just jump because regret is way more painful than failure. Well, my boy Wesley Anderson says there's more lost by indecision than those who failed or something like that. It was really, really good, you know? So yep. any reason, man, hey, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, Bradley, this has been fantastic. Thanks once again. You want to find him, find the insurance guys. Go look up Bradley Flowers. Go to Instagram. He's there. He's kicking it. But uh, once again, uh, thank you for staying so long. I know it's been about an hour and 18, 17 minutes or something like that. Thank you. As a loyal listener, could not do it without you. Um, keep in mind, if uh, BrainShare is going to be coming up. It is by invite only. I do apologize. If you're a mastermind member, um, you're automatically invited, but I'm opening that up for two weeks. Then we're closing it. And I have a list of 50 people and uh, how many other seats we don't have. I'm going to start calling those the difference. And I imagine there'll probably be about 30 or 40 mastermind members. So then I'm just going to call in the next 10, 15 or 20 that we get and uh, personally invite them. Uh, So if you are wanting to be going to BrainShare. I want you to go check it out. It should probably be up by now. If it's not, if it's not, then just be patient. It'll be up there. But go to aibrainshare.com, aibrainshare.com, and you're going to find out uh, how you can possibly be. What I'm thinking about doing is I'm thinking about opening up like 10 spots that you can submit to and I'm going to go through them. The reason why I'm by invite only is the great separator is going to be shown at this. So I have to have a select amount of people that can see what's uh, what Seth Sarimba uh, has created. So it's that is where it's going to be seen first for the live for live. We're having a deep sea excursion. I mean, we're going to be having a, we're going to be down there by Bradley's kind of area. He's over in Mobile. We'll be over in Clearwater, but it's still on the Gulf. Uh, it's still beautiful, absolutely beautiful there. So. Keep in mind, AIBrainShare.com. Check it out. Once again, this has been Jason Cass. You can tell me your thoughts. You can tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. I am out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. 
But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, in virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.